Welcome to today's discussion, Building a Career in Today's Intelligence Community, sponsored by American Military University. Now here's your host, Scott Mossioni. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Colonel Chris Costa, Executive Director of the International Spy Museum and American Military University alumnus. I'm your host, Scott Mossioni with Federal News Radio. Colonel, I wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about what it takes to be someone in the intelligence community. It's it's a, a tough job and it's something that a lot of people may aspire to be, but it takes a certain skill set that employers look for and something you have to have in your heart. So would you tell us a little bit about uh, what you think those characteristics might be? Sure. Thank you for the question and thank you for, for uh, hosting me today. So first of all, I would just say that uh, one of the critical characteristics, and this is universal, is the idea of finding young people that have a high degree of integrity. That's absolutely uh, crucial and it's universal. And I think it's timeless, uh, frankly. Also, upon reflection, and I've had an opportunity to reflect on my career, I think it's very important to have a high degree of humility in intelligence work and recognizing that it takes a team. And uh, you fail and succeed based on on the way the team operates. And I think those are some important characteristics. Life experience is certainly helpful if you have time overseas and you can pursue other languages and uh, understand other cultures in particular. But uh, I think importantly, it's crucial to understand that you have to have an insatiable curiosity for the world around you. And it's education really is at its core. Self-study and pursuing studies like I did with American Military University helps open up your world. And uh, I think that was very helpful for me. Um, For example, understanding Russia through a prism of its history. It's very important to go back and understand the Russian intelligence services, not just back to the KGB, but even further, even back to Imperial Russia. If you have that context, it helps you in the world of intelligence. So it may not all be uh, James Bond moments. There's a few in the library and uh, studying online, right? Those James Bond moments were few and far between. (laughs) I have a couple of those stories, but mostly it was uh, just uh, drudgery, right? Right, right. Well, um, you know, you earned your master's in, in arts and strategic intelligence from the American Military University, and you were at the same time serving as an Army intelligence uh, officer. How did you discover American Military University, and what aspects of it really appealed to you? So I was thinking about that, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where I discovered it. It may very well have been in the Army Education Center. I knew I needed to pursue my master's degree, and what I was looking for was two specific criterion. One, I had to do something that was going to help me in my own career. And uh, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed, which was my career. I'm passionate about the intelligence business. And I wanted a program that was flexible. And back in the 1990s, in between incessant deployments, in in those days, it was to Bosnia and back again. The only program that met the bill really was American Military University. It brought me the flexibility that I needed, and it also brought world-class instructors. What I mean by that, I always reflect on Dr. Rosemary Sheldon. There was no expert on intelligence in ancient history like Dr. Sheldon, and (laughs) she was my instructor. So, um, it it was pretty uh, straightforward, my decision to pursue AMU. And it took me five years, but I was allowed to pace myself. 
and it became a very good cover for building up an intelligence library of over 2,000 books. Wow. Great. And I'm sure you had a, a lot of Clausewitz in there and uh, a couple other of those uh, masters of intelligence, right? Well, certainly Clausewitz. I'm a former Army officer, so we always have to work a good Clausewitz quote into anything we're doing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll expect that later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you started your, your work before 9-11, and uh, that's a very pivotal moment in American history and all of our uh, waking his memories. Um, when that unfolded, how did it change your outlook on what you were feeling and thinking about your career and your personal life? So that's a great question. So pre-9-11, I did some counterterrorism work. I was a human intelligence officer. I was a counterintelligence agent. And uh, I spent a lot of time with special operations as an intelligence officer. And I was very proud of those credentials. And yet when 9-11 happened, in my view, I was in the worst possible place. And that was I was sidelined from the fight initially because I was a recruiting battalion commander. That wasn't a very mature perspective because the Army had asked me to command a recruiting battalion and put the, the best uh, of our, our uh, you know, best of uh, our American population in the Army. Those qualified to serve and wanted to serve, especially in the aftermath of 9-11. That was my job to tell the Army story. That said, I had an interruption in my academic pursuit. Um, when 9-11 happened, I, I was a bit distracted like everyone else. Uh, but I had one one final course I had to take. And the only course I that was, um, was a uh, viable option for me was a course on terrorism. And uh, that was a game changer. In fact, it was life changing. But first, I have to tell you that one day at the dinner table, I shared with my family that I was so busy, so distracted with 9-11 and uh, the recruiting mission that I wasn't going to finish my master's degree with one class left. My family nearly revolted. All the sacrifice that they had made, all the soccer games that I had been on the side, watching, of course, when my son was playing, but when he wasn't playing, back to the books. All of that work, my family wouldn't accept anything but me finishing my academic career, my pursuit of that master's degree. And that became life-changing because what I did is I took that final class on terrorism and it contextualized 9-11 for me. And at the same time, it allowed me to go much deeper, explore the literature and understand terrorism, all sides of terrorism, right-wing terrorism to the jihadist uh, fight that was playing out live, literally, the spectacular spectacularity of terrorism played out not only at the World Trade Center, but we were watching it on TV. We were inundated. That context helped me so much that I was asked to teach at night. While I was finishing my degree and studying with AMU, I also taught an undergraduate course. Now, flash forward many years later, I would be the special assistant to the president for counterterrorism. The learning that I did with AMU, the impetus to finish that master's degree and understand terrorism took me into a policy-making realm, and uh, no one was better prepared, and I say that with humility, uh, than me to understand terrorism from Timothy McVeigh and the radicalization of fringe right-wing groups to what we were dealing with throughout the Middle East. I had the context. And those seeds were planted by AMU with that study 
uh, right in the aftermath of 9-11. And then, of course, the rest of my, the 2000s was spent deploying and putting into practice what I'd learned in the classroom. Sounds like very serendipitous timing for sure. Uh, My guest today is Colonel Chris Costa, the executive director of the International Spy Museum. He's also an American Military University alumnus. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and this is a discussion on building a career in today's intelligence community sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. American Military University is a respected educator to national security professionals, a distinction earned by never forgetting their students are priority one. They keep tuition affordable, attract field-tested faculty, and provide curriculum that helps keep you ahead of industry trends. When you enroll at AMU, you join a community respected by area employers. Get started at amuonline.com. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Welcome back to our discussion, Building a Career in Today's Intelligence Community, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Colonel Chris Costa, Executive Director of the International Spy Museum and an alumnus at American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. Colonel, I wanted to ask you, we were just talking about 9-11. Now you're kind of putting your uh, your ideas and, and the things that you learned at American Military University into the real world. And um, in your case, it was at the White House. So would you mind telling us about your experience there? I mean, that had to have been a fascinating uh, time in your life. So it absolutely was. And it, it built upon a whole career of uh, working intelligence in the field. You know, I served during the Cold War, so I understood the weapons, equipment, and organizations of the Soviet Army. And then we, uh, I deployed to Panama. We, we you know, fought a uh, small action in Panama uh, during Operation Just Cause, and then, of course, Desert Storm, and then Bosnia. All of that experience made me understand the intelligence cycle. Be, being a Task Force J2, an intelligence officer, allowed me to understand and study what it's like not just to be an intelligence officer, but to serve a commander. But as an intelligence officer, you are serving a customer. And uh, the ultimate customer in time, you will learn, is uh, the policymaker. And I went from being an intelligence officer by pure serendipity and I think some hard work and good luck in many cases, I joined the presidential transition team, which in essence was a tryout to get to the White House. And uh, I was appointed special assistant to the president for counterterrorism. I was detailed from Special Operations Command, and I showed up on Inauguration Day at the White House uh, to start being extremely concerned and aware of the threat streams directed against the United States. But all of that learning as an intelligence officer allowed me to understand the difference, the the chasm between a policymaker and an intelligence officer, what I should not ask as a policymaker, mm-hmm. uh, what I can ask, and the idea of politicization and to avoid that very dynamic, to make sure I was well informed by the intelligence community, the U.S. intelligence community, but also with my work with, um, with foreign partners. I was very, very well prepared. I didn't fully appreciate that on Inauguration Day when I was in the Situation Room, literally at noon when the president was sworn in and I heard the cheers 
we went into the Situation Room, and then I owned it. And by the way, there is no manual on how to be a policymaker. But I go back to what I learned in the classroom with AMU, the readings on strategic intelligence, the divide between being an intelligence officer and a policymaker, inviolable rules of not crossing into policy advice when you're an intelligence officer, all of that served me well. And it was the readings that I did um, years before that resonated with me. And then I was in the um, Eisenhower office building uh, on the White House compound. The presidential daily briefers would come from the intelligence community and they would deliver the most sensitive intelligence to me. And I knew how to interact with them. I knew what was expected because of my study. So I was very lucky. It, it, it sounds like you kind of had a perfect storm because you really had a lot of that uh, operational experience. And then you had this great education that you were working on uh, and to, to kind of fill in that background knowledge that you needed. How did you balance those two things together, you know, bringing the culture of the military in while at the same time uh, calling on your readings, calling on uh, the, some of the people that, that uh, informed you over the, the past couple, five years it took you to do the, the master's? Well, I think I had an opportunity. Uh, first of all, I had world-class people that worked for me from the entire U.S. intelligence community. And as I said, with some humility, I, I didn't know all the answers, but I knew the questions to ask. Right. And I had experience versus expertise necessarily. I couldn't be an expert in every one of the bins that we focused on for counterterrorism, but I had a lot of experience. And that experience came from being an infantry officer in the 101st Airborne Division in the 80s and collecting battlefield intelligence for battalion commander uh, as a customer. And then all of a sudden the role was reversed and now I was a policymaker. And I interacted with, with the intelligence community, respecting where they were coming from. And I had a good time doing that because it cost me nothing to treat them very well in my office space, in my ornate office to be interested in them and, and to hear from them their opinions. And that was very important to me, to go full circle. So, yeah, it was serendipitous and uh, a word I like to use, everything converged in the White House last year. And, by the way, it was a tremendous experience. Great. Well, we're going to take one more break. My guest today is Colonel Chris Costa, Executive Director of the International Spy Museum and an alumnus at American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and this is a discussion on building a career in today's intelligence community sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. American Military University has long been a respected provider of higher education to the intelligence community. And today they're leading the way with innovative doctoral programs in global security and strategic intelligence, attracting professionals rising to the top of their fields. Doctoral applications are now being accepted for January, and AMU's affordable bachelor's and master's programs start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Welcome back to our discussion, Building a Career in Today's Intelligence Community, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Colonel Chris Costa, Executive Director of the International Spy Museum and an alumnus at the American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. 
Colonel, we were just talking about educators and how they influenced you. Uh, you, a lifelong learner, and also now as the director of the uh, the International Spy Museum, you're a, a teacher as well, teaching young children and adults about the intelligence community. Um, do you feel a sense of duty to help the next education, uh, the next generation of of learners? And um, you know, how can how can you help? These, these people learn about the counterintelligence, counterterrorism, all that kind of stuff. Well, first, I, I would just say that uh, and emphasize that that's exactly why I'm at the International Spy Museum, because our mission is first and foremost to educate, to inform the public on intelligence services and espionage and how it fits in history, and also to entertain the public. So those three things are very important to me, along with the idea of mentoring and coaching. I should digress for a second and say years ago, I was also in service with Navy SEALs. And at the command, I had the opportunity to mentor and coach and talk to SEALs about the learning that I did at AMU and also to bring those same SEALs to the Spy Museum. Uh, so I had the pleasure of going to the, the Spy Museum as a child, right when it uh, first opened up in 2002, and then again as an adult. And it's always fun to, to see the kids going around and, you know, looking at all the different uh, um you know, exhibits that are going on and there's a lot of handheld exhibits and things like that. Uh, what's it like for you to see the next generation coming up and the next generation getting excited about, uh, you know, intelligence and, and counterterrorism? Well, it's extremely gratifying personally and professionally, and it's fun to engage with, with youth in particular. Um, you have an opportunity to really put an imprint on them. When they come to the spy museum and someone says, you know, Chris was an intelligence officer, and I have an opportunity to engage positively and take the time to talk to a young man or a young woman about the profession of intelligence and do that very objectively. I think uh, it, it's, it's extremely gratifying. And I should mention that there are times that I will engage on a Sunday, for example, one of my favorite stories. There was a young boy that uh, had autism, and I had an opportunity to go into work on a Sunday and spend a little time with them. That is extremely, extremely gratifying to be able to do that. And what a great platform to walk through the museum and see the artifacts that speak to something that happened in intelligence history, and then tie it to current events ongoing uh, with what we read about regarding the Russians, for example, when you see assassination artifacts and you're able to connect it to what just happened in the United Kingdom with the poisoning, for example. And, and that's translated into your family as well, too, right? The, the love of the intelligence community as well? That's right. Uh, one, of my, uh, one of my boys is uh, serving in the intelligence community. And years ago, he went to the International Spy Museum. That planted a seed, as well as going to the FBI headquarters in those days when you could go to the, uh, to the museum, um, when the public was pre-9-11, when the public had access. So those things uh, are extremely satisfying for me to see. Great. Now, you, you mentioned a couple of uh, things that have come to light a lot more recently and a lot more um, prominently, cyber um, cybersecurity, things like that. Where do you see the, the future of the intelligence community going and um, some of the things that might change compared to the time that you were in the intelligence community? So I think cyber is going to change dramatically 
It's mm-hmm. going to be a competitive advantage for nations. It's going to be a, a new frontier in many ways. It's, it's relatively new as far as context through uh, history. Uh, all that said, I think that I like to reinforce that we can't spiral too far away from the principles of still emotional intelligence and the importance of being aware of other human beings in refining those skills of self-awareness, empathy. A lot of people talk about that like it's new, but I think that in balance with understanding these new battlefields, what gray zone conflict is, conflict short of war, all of those things playing out now are going to require further exploration. And um, no one has all the answers. And um, diversity of thought and, uh, and academic rigor, that those are the disciplines that are, are going to be necessary to really grapple with the extremely complex world. Yeah, so things like critical thinking never go out of style, that's right? That's right, <laughs> and that's, that's exactly right. I mean, some of those universal things are important, not to spiral too far away from, because they're, they're a good touchstone, you know. Right. Well, lastly, now that we're on, on the future and talking about the future, talk a little bit about the upcoming changes to the International Spy Museum. There's a possible uh, site move coming up, and um, how does that relate to things like cybersecurity and, and the future? So we're going to tell the whole intelligence story at the Future Museum. We've outgrown the current museum on F Street, which has been phenomenal for the last 16 years, and it's time for us to move. We're moving to LaFont Plaza on the other side of D.C. on a revitalized waterfront. We have more space for exhibitions, and we're going to tell the entire intelligence story from covert action in propaganda to human intelligence, the relationship between spies and spy masters, the psychology of an agent being run by a source handler. All of those things we're going to tell appropriately and responsibly. But what's really important, we're going to continue our same mission to educate the public, to inform, to not take a position, not give the answers to the question. Uh, We will explore how we execute intelligence operations and the why we exercise intelligence operations through the prism and the lens of history. And we do that very objectively. Great. Well, I can't wait to visit. Colonel, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here today. Uh, Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Colonel Chris Costa, Executive Director of the International Spy Museum and American Military University alumnus. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and you're listening to Federal News Radio 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Intelligence Community AMU. Listen to the entire discussion, Building a Career in Today's Intelligence Community, sponsored by American Military University at federalnewsradio.com. American Military University is a respected educator to national security professionals, a distinction earned by never forgetting their students are priority one. They keep tuition affordable, attract field-tested faculty, and provide curriculum that helps keep you ahead of industry trends. When you enroll at AMU, you join a community respected by area employers. Get started at amuonline.com. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. 
American Military University has long been a respected provider of higher education to the intelligence community. And today, they're leading the way with innovative doctoral programs in global security and strategic intelligence, attracting professionals rising to the top of their fields. Doctoral applications are now being accepted for January, and AMU's affordable bachelor's and master's programs start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. 